Welcome to the Relentless Growth Podcast with Chris Goodman, where business owners and personal growth junkies just like you get their fix of tough questions and powerful coaching conversations so you can become your best, find your purpose, discover new levels of freedom, and lead others in their pursuit of relentless growth. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Relentless Growth. This is episode 19, and I'm your host, Chris Goodman. Today, we're talking about the art of leadership, and it's just come to my attention over and over the past couple of weeks how many of you are already business owners out there or aspire to be business owners one day, and the idea of leading people is holding you back, or perhaps you're like, every leader I know in business, and you have some issues with underperforming employees, not attracting or keeping the best talent on your team or in your business, or maybe people on your team aren't rising up to the challenges that are showing up, not just in this crazy year of 2020, but to the typical challenges in business in general. So what I want to do today is take you through some of the the core principles that I've learned in leadership, as a leader, somebody who's failed probably more than most people you know when it comes to leadership. (laughs) From my time leading a sales team of 20 to $40 million in sales, and what I've learned coaching leaders. So there's going to be a lot of little things packed into this. I've purposely kept the framework a little loose so that you can latch on to what you need to hear And I can keep moving because, you know, I obviously don't know exactly where you are in your leadership journey. I do know that these things are going to apply to you at some point as a leader, though. So let's get right into it. Like I said, you know, the symptoms of leadership at some point look like this, right? Underperforming employees, not being able to find or attract outstanding people in your business, you know, the the people who make it easy. And really commonly, the fact that nobody on your current bench of players is really stepping up and saying, you know what, it's go time and I want the ball. So these are the three most common things I see. And the first thing I want you to really bite into here comes from John Maxwell. And if you've ever read a John C. Maxwell book, you've heard this saying that everything rises and falls on leadership. Your company's revenue your company's expenses, your company's profit, and the leadership and culture therein all rise and fall on its own leadership. So if you're out there today and you're driving to work or you're in between tasks and you're listening to this episode and you find yourself thinking sometimes, man, I really wish I could get more out of my team. It's time to pause and look in the mirror and see where you can do better as a leader This perspective really shifted how I approached leadership and business in general. It required a lot more ownership on my part, and that was a real gift because by requiring more ownership, I took it more seriously. And when I take things more seriously, things get done. So if you're like me, this is a great reminder. If you're taking notes, this is something I would definitely write down. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Now, the second thing I want you to understand is that every human has certain needs. 
If you're a Tony Robbins fan, you've heard about the six fundamental human needs that he talks about. If you're a psychology major, you know Maslow's hierarchy. Regardless of where you pick up on this, the truth is we all have needs that must be met. By extension, a business is the same way because it's made of humans and human needs. So if we see something lacking in the business, I can probably point to an area of human needs that are not being met with your team or with you as a leader. Hopefully that makes sense because I've seen this play out for years and it's true over and over and over. So I've started treating the business and the business owner as this relationship. And sometimes those relationships just need their needs to be met. Okay, so that's all great, Chris. How do we know if those needs are lacking? Well, you have to have some kind of way to measure it, don't you? If you're a fan of the book called Traction, you know that they're, number one, that's an excellent leadership and high-level business book. If you have not read it, I recommend it. And in it, he talks about how we must have a scorecard, something to keep track of the progress in our business. And I encourage you to have something to keep track of these needs in your business. And you can qualify these needs however you think, but at the end of the day, what I'm saying is we need to have some kind of gauge on the health of the business, not just the profitability of the business. So let me give you an example. Tony Robbins says that significance is actually a genuine human need, that all humans on earth need a sense of significance, of purpose, of meaning. And without that, things can get really ugly really fast. So can you imagine a time where somebody on your team has not felt significant? I can remember many times when I was leading a real estate team when people would hit a goal and I would say, that's great. You did great. What's next? And I would spend maybe three seconds, you know, telling them they were great, but then it was immediately on to the next thing. That doesn't make people feel very significant, right? Now, like I said, John Maxwell reminds us everything rises and falls on leadership. So I could have done much better in that moment to just pause and say, what do you think about that? How do you want to celebrate that? And just give it some space and let them enjoy the high for a while before I came down on, okay, what's next? Little things like that peppered throughout every day stack up to our leadership. Here's another example. Certainty is another human need. We need to have some sense and perspective of constant things in our world. It's like that line from Christmas Vacation. <laughs> you know, he says, surprised? I wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet. <laughs> and I always use that as an example of we need some kind of sense of certainty that that's not going to happen, right? If, if everything was chaos every day, can you imagine how long we would last? Not very long. Same in a business and same in our leadership. We need to have some sense of certainty for our team, for our employees, and for the future of this business. Without that, people are looking around going, well, it could change at any moment, so what's the point? And there's no constant. The way that I have worked to alleviate this is having some kind of short-term and long-term vision that everybody can see, that everybody can ideally see on one page. And that sense of this is what we're certainly working for. This is our mission, what we're all about. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. And here's what it looks like in the plan. 
And of course, it's going to change a little bit as we move through it, but at least this is what it looks like. That gives our team a sense of real certainty that they can trust us, follow our leadership, and do their best for a reason and not just show up to work to get a paycheck. All right, so let's say you don't really buy into the the whole human needs thing applied to business, and instead, you want to just get to the bottom line. Chris, I've got underperforming employees. How do I fix it? Great question. First of all, I need you to understand that your employees are not showing up for just a paycheck. Yes, that's part of what they want, but what they really want is whatever that paycheck is going to do for them or whatever they think that paycheck is going to do for them. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down in a coaching consult or a consulting consultation and somebody said something along the lines of, I mean, I pay these people more than market value, so I don't understand what the problem is. As if money was just the the one thing that would make all the problems go away. But the truth is we're not dealing in just transactions. We're dealing with humans. Like I said, humans who have needs and humans who have this idea that I'm showing up and trading my time or my expertise for you for that paycheck, but that paycheck is going to buy me something. It's going to buy me freedom. It's going to buy me time with my family. It's going to buy me health because I'm going to be able to have health insurance or whatever it may be. But this is the thing. Leaders, I'm talking to you. You need to understand by asking them what is important about your paycheck to you. What do you intend to do with this? Why do you work for this money? If you don't understand them at that fundamental level, it's going to be really hard to inspire them. I love how Simon Sinek says this because this is such a a huge piece of what I'm talking about here. We're talking about inspiring humans to work harder, not just giving them more money and incentivizing them saying, well, I'll, I'll pull this lever and then you'll work harder. Well, then what? How long will that last? Simon Sinek says, People want to show up to work to build a cathedral, not just to build a wall. So as great leaders, we need to be getting in there and understanding what these people are all about and attaching that to our bigger mission, building the cathedral in this case. Of course, that's whatever your mission may be. So that's a question for you. Are you doing these things? Are you asking them what's important and why? Are you creating a clear sense of certainty with a mission, a vision for the company. If you're not, I highly encourage you to fix that immediately. Now, it doesn't have to be perfect, okay? You don't have to have the world's best vision and the world's cleanest business plan. You just have to have something to give these people hope and inspiration to hold on to, something, a signal to send that says, I genuinely care about you beyond your employee relationship. I care about you as a human. All right, so before I get on a soapbox about that, here's something else I want you to consider. How did you bring these people into your world? I have learned that the more care we take, and I don't necessarily mean taking a long time, but the more care we take in bringing somebody into our business, the more we can create a sense of loyalty and connection that pays a massive ROI if they indeed get hired. Hopefully that makes sense the way I said that. But basically, part of your process is creating value when you're bringing somebody on board. And that part is the aspect of, I actually care about you. I'm not just asking you these questions to see if you're a fit so that I can put you on the payroll. And if you fail out, I've got a revolving door and there's 100 people behind you and I don't really care about you as a person. I can remember feeling that way when I worked in the legal field, that 
sometimes I was like a, a number instead of a person. For instance, one year they skipped my six-month review and I had been busting my tail. What kind of signal did that send about my significance when they said, oh, we're not even going to do your review? It's all fine. So I want you to look at your business really honestly. And if you can't do it on your own, get some extra help. You can call me or any other coach that you connect with, but get some kind of objective perspective here on Honestly, what's happening in your business? What signals are you sending to your employees, especially as you bring them in? Is there even a process? I can't tell you how many people I've worked with have no process for bringing somebody into their world as an employee. All right. So what I want to portray here, because I could talk all day long, honestly, about just that one piece, just the process of bringing somebody into your world. But I'm really trying to stay high level here so that you can take a few nuggets and move on and put them into play in your business. So one of the things that's most important as we look at our existing team, let's say you've done a good job of bringing people into your world and they're already there and they're already working. You just want to get more out of them. One of the best analogies to clean this up for me came from the former CEO of Keller Williams. And he used the analogy of the Roman army. Now, you don't have to be a big history buff to understand that the Roman Empire was, number one, massive, and number two, had an incredible military system. In the military, this is why it's important to leadership, by the way, in the military, the Romans would only award promotions to those who took territory for the Roman Empire. I'm going to say that again. The only ones who got promoted in the military were the ones who took territory. So the CEO's analogy here was that, are you doing that with your business? Are you asking people in your business to take territory, to grow the company, to grow sales, to grow the culture, to do something to help expand your empire? Because what I see a lot of times is business owners who promote someone because they've been there the longest or promote someone because they like them more, but aren't necessarily promoting the people who are taking territory or expecting them to take territory. This has been huge for me because as I look at my clients' businesses and I look at their org charts and I help them with hiring leaders, we need somebody who, number one, has a proven track record of taking territory for something they were the quarterback of the football team and they they won the championship. They started a nonprofit organization and they've done really well with that and they've taken territory with that. Something in their personal life and in their professional life should be clearly signaling that this person knows how to take territory. And then when we bring them in our company, we have a clear way to see are they actually taking territory? Okay, so you get the analogy. It's pretty straightforward. Now, let's say you're doing a good job of this already. You've got a process in line. You take ownership for your leadership. You only promote people who expand the company and your empire. And you do everything you can to make sure you understand why these people are showing up to work and that you're helping them meet their needs. Let's say you're doing a great job of that. Number one, well done. Number two, here's something I want to show you how to do to stretch where you think you're taking these people. On your notes, draw a circle about the size of a dime. And 
about an inch to the right of that, draw a circle about the size of a quarter. And on the next page, draw a circle about a, as big as a basketball, if it'll fit on your page. These three circles are representative of people's awareness when they come into your world, right? When somebody's brand new to the workforce and they don't necessarily understand a lot about the world or work or opportunity, the size of their opportunity might feel like it's a dime. Hopefully that makes sense without giving you the visual here. On audio, it's a little more challenging. So <laughs> I want you to look at the quarter, right? The, the person whose worldview is as big as the dime comes in and sees somebody, maybe a manager, a director, a vice president, or just you in general, maybe. They see this next bigger circle as, okay, that's possible for me. If they can grow to that size, that success, that profitability, that level of income, whatever, if they can grow to that, so can I. And meanwhile, the quarter size is looking over here at the basketball size circle going, well, yeah, I remember when I was dime size, but look at what's possible over here. In this visual, clearly you're supposed to be the size of the basketball as the business owner, the leader the person who is charged with casting the vision for this company, you should be creating a sense of so much opportunity for everybody else in your world in business that they don't feel small. Rather, they feel inspired because anything is possible in a world that big. I remember feeling this way when I worked with Keller Williams. You know, I started and I, I didn't know that much about real estate sales and I didn't really know much about my potential in real estate. I just knew that I would not stop until I was successful, whatever that meant. And of course, as I got into success in real estate, I realized the world was so much bigger. You know, I came in at that dime size and I'm looking over here at these basketball size businesses, people who are selling $100 million in real estate where I thought I was doing well at $10 million a year in real estate. People have teams of 60 when we had a team of six. Massive opportunity, international opportunity, you know, millionaires and billionaires, these things stretching my originally dime-sized worldview into something much more inspiring, into something much bigger. Now, like I said, this can be a fine art leadership and doing little exercises like this to connect the dots here. But if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to answer some questions about how am I inspiring these people for opportunity to go out and take territory, to feel like they really are significant in my business. You can do incredible things that other leaders are just simply not willing to do. And you guys can spot these leaders a mile away, right? They're the ones who complain that, oh, it's so hard to find good help these days. And I just can't find anybody to replace my last VP because they were just, they were so good. There's just nobody like them out there. Or I'm not going to invest resources into this person if they're not going to show up for me. Right? <laughs> You've probably heard these things. Okay, so the next thing I want to highlight, I've said this on other podcasts in this series before, and it's it's true, which means it's really important to me that I bear repeating it. The conversation is the relationship with your employees. That is a Susan Scott quote from Fierce Conversations. And I want you to think about that for a second. Think about the employees you have 
or even the contractors you have, which ones do you have the best conversation with? Which ones just get it when you're talking? And is your relationship with them excellent? Now think about the employees or the contractors or other people you work with where the conversation is awful or non-existent. How's your relationship with them? Now, if you're a CEO or other business owner of any size in terms of how many people are on your team, I'm not necessarily saying you have to have a direct conversation with every single person in your organization. However, I would suggest you look at who is having a conversation with that employee, some kind of mid-level manager or direct supervisor. Somebody must be having a conversation with that person and therefore creating a relationship with them. So that would be one of the things I would ask you to take away from this podcast is looking at where do I need to improve the conversation with my people? One of the common things I require with my CEOs and small business owners is weekly one-on-one conversations with their direct reports. Now, I'm not saying they have to do this forever, but I want to make sure that they're sending a clear signal that number one, we care. Number two, we're going to ask questions to get clear on what's important to this person and their goals and why they're in our organization and what they need and what's working well for them. And guys, this can be really simple. Most of the time, it's a 15-minute conversation. If your org chart is balanced, you should have no more than, let's say, five direct reports, and I would suggest three is probably the magic number or less. So we're talking, what, 45 minutes to an hour and a half a week for a few weeks or a few months to invest back into your key people? This is not that big of an ask, folks. But if we're not having a conversation with them, how can we have a relationship with them? And if we don't have a relationship with them, why would we expect them to stay when a competitor throws a tempting offer out there to them? So I'm going fast because I'm I'm looking at this. I'm like, I can't believe I've already been at it for 25 minutes. I really could talk about this all day long. But these are some of the mission critical things I ask CEOs, small business owners, the type of people who hire me for coaching, I'm asking them simple questions like this. And guys, the results are profound when we implement some of these simple techniques and simple practices. Here's one for you. In those one-on-one meetings, how simple would it be to just start with, hey, John, are you having fun? Hey, Jane, are you having fun? How many employers pause to ask their key people, hey, are you having a good time here? Because if we're not having fun, I can guarantee you something's wrong. (laughs) Not that business is always going to be a walk in the park and fun. Don't expect that. But I do expect people to go, oh, you know, yeah, it's a blast working here. You know, our mission matters. We're really helping people. We're bringing a great product into the world. Our culture is awesome. Yeah, it's it's challenging sometimes. But I would say on the most part, for the most part, I'm having fun. Yeah. I think you'll be amazed at what people will tell you if you're in rapport and they can answer honestly. Now, if, you're, if you've intimidated them to a point where they won't be honest with you, this won't count. <laughs> but if they can be honest and real with you, and have a great conversation with you, you can simply ask, hey, are you having fun? All right, so there's a lot of tips crammed in there. I'd recommend you pick one to three and implement those immediately in your business. And let me know what works and what doesn't work. 
I'm a huge fan of only coaching to what works. That's why you hear some of the same things over and over with me. Quotes from Simon Sinek, quotes from Gary Keller, quotes from Susan Scott, because I have found that they are perennial and lasting truths that help people. So I'm going to hang on to them until somebody shows me something better. So folks, give this a shot. Let me know how it works. I'll probably do several episodes on leadership because like I said, there's just so much I can talk about here. Moreover, I'm also going to lean on my my guests to talk about how they exemplify leadership and growth as a leader. So thank you so much for listening. Let me know how it goes and I'll catch you on episode 20. Thanks for listening to this episode of Relentless Growth. If you're ready to start leading your life and business with a new level of passion, purpose, and relentless growth, go to goodmancoachinginc.com where you can join the email list and sign up for a coaching consultation right now.